What's going on, everybody? This is Spooks McGee. Happy Monday. We're getting on the last day of August. Today is the 31st, um, 2020, 1.43 a.m. I am... Uh, Recording this intro in my living room while Eric Andre is playing on the TV. He's uh, shocking uh, Jack Black, uh, and he's being a great sport about it. So, yeah. Anyway, um, today's guest is Sick Flow, uh, uh, Six Lack or Black, whatever you want to call him, his dad. Also, um, heavily involved in Onyx, was in a rap group when he was young. Uh, has very long history in the industry. Um, as I try my best to to stay away from making a podcast about the music industry and music because it isolates a lot of listeners because everybody doesn't want to be an artist. Sometimes they just want to listen to you talk about politics and be goofy. So anyway, um, this thing actually evolved into a deep conversation about faith, about, um, you know, longevity in, in 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 the art world um whether there's like a time limit on your on your dreams and your goals uh a lot of things man some you know scriptures biblical stuff um you know christianity in general and the state of of religion in general uh just a great overall conversation and uh i really appreciate sick flow for letting me you know do that with him i know he's a busy guy um but we went all i think a little bit almost over an hour so I hope you enjoy. Um, there were some technical difficulties in the beginning, and uh, we uh, are coming into the middle of a conversation where we just introduced ourselves and asked what he was doing, and he just said he was staying busy, and I said the same, and that's where we start from. Shout out to PaidInAmerica.com. Get Payola drops on September 11th, and also check out TypicalDiv.com and uh, get some of that roasted coffee. I'll put the link in the description. Thanks so much. Are you tired of getting f***ed in the ass by your employer with no lube and not even the common courtesy to give you a reach around? Are your lips dry and chapped from kissing so much fucking ass? Do you work long hours and have zero free time for yourself? Are you one paycheck away from being homeless? <laughs> you and nearly half the country. <laughs> well, my name is Trilly Mays and boy, do I have a product for you. It's called Fuck That Job the do-it-yourself tutorial that can help you get steps closer to dropping those pants and leaving a steamy turd right on your boss's desk. <laughs> Call now or text no free lunch to 444-999. Paid in America get Ayla drops September 11th. Don't forget. I was just like, you know, saying like, what happens with me is like, I'll get into a creative mode where I'll just forget about my physical. Like, I feel, it's like you kind of forget that you're a person, like you're a human being. It's kind of tricky because when you're doing this creative shit, it's almost like you're doing alchemy. Like, you're getting this sound from over here, this, this piece of video from over here. You're getting this clip from over here. And you're like putting all these elements together and you kind of feel like you're on some godly type level shit, right? Then you start realizing, mm-hmm. oh shit, I got to eat. I got to sleep. I got you know? <laughs> Mhm, mhm. I'm the same way now. I, I, I can definitely relate to you on that because, 
although it may not always be a good thing, I can't get my day started, but once I get into that flow, I either will forget to eat or I will just keep moving until I find a nice space to slow down and grab something to eat. But when I'm in that flow, I'm in that flow. Only thing I cannot do off of an empty stomach is I can't record off of an empty stomach. Now, I can do a whole 45 minutes to an hour on stage with nothing in my stomach because if I'm standing up and I'm delivering in front of people, for me, for me, it's more of a spiritual thing versus it being just that physical thing. So I'm pulling from the spirit when I'm, when I'm delivering in front of people. But if I'm just at the studio, I can't, I cannot project my, my vocals are weak when I, when I haven't eaten. <laughs> you know, if I, if I haven't ate anything, yeah. I can't get down. I can't, I can't record nothing. That's so it's funny weird how that happens, but yeah. I've done thousands of shows with yeah. an empty stomach. Hmm. Yeah, see, I don't do a show on the empty stomach because you want to make sure that you're not bogged down by all that food and shit. But I was listening mm-hmm. to this thing about Immortal Technique, and he was like, you know, whenever he's about to record, he doesn't eat. He starves himself. He physically starves his body when he's about to write, when he's about to record. He does not eat. Yep, yep, that's the move. I, I, I definitely never ate before a show besides way back in the day when I really didn't know what I was doing. Um, mm. But any time after... 
Yep. So y'all already knew who was get, y'all was giving the money to. Y'all yeah. just wanted to get the additional money so y'all can fill y'all pockets. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. exactly. You know what I mean? But well, it was that Wu Tang thing all over again. They've been doing it from way back then. You know? Yeah, they, yeah. It's ran yeah, by definitely. the Jamaican guy. The Jamaican guy pays the guys to have a, a phenomenal show. A bunch of amateur acts come by. <coughs> They might do good, but they'll never mm-hmm. be able to compare uh, to someone who has uh, financial backing. And then they win, and then blah 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 blah. blah the list goes on. Yeah, 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 man. So, and not, even with my boys, man, I I had to teach my boys, you know, about that. I know my, with my oldest, I really never had to give him a lot of that insight on, um. What, what it was with the showcases and so forth, because during that time when he started doing his thing, he was developing his own uh, support system. So he didn't do a lot of those. Um, he didn't really have to because he kind of came straight out of high school into a deal, um, which was like, you know, my life as well. Like when I came out of, High school, I signed my first deal. It didn't go nowhere. Right. Like, you know, his didn't go anywhere, but it did allow him, like, he was a lot more, he was, he was wiser, you know, with how he conducted his situation because what he was doing was he was using that as a platform to build a following. For me, we didn't have the internet when I was yep. coming up like that. Like, we, we had it, but we didn't have Facebook like that then. We had MySpace after after the fact. You yep. know what I mean? But when I first started, we didn't have all these different mediums. No Instagram, you know, no TikTok, none of that. So, it was, you literally had to get in front of people to build your fan base. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, it's crazy just thinking about it. So, it took... It was a harder hustle, you know, than what it is now. Yeah. Now, now today, all you really have to do is make some money and hire some teams, and your social media can go to the highest height. And then you can so, do both of them simultaneously. You can be in front of people and do the social media, and it basically just beefs up by itself. Exactly. Different times, man. Yeah. Different times. But what know? I started to talk I about, can't. what I wanted to talk about was... Um, uh, I didn't want to go to. I didn't. Here's one thing that I started doing about my podcast. I didn't mean to interrupt you. What were you saying? Oh no, no, you good? You oh. good? I'm flowing, man. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm here. They, I'm here with the flow, man. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, I, they, I go, I go wherever you go, man. This okay. is this is a we thing right now. You know what I mean? Right, so, right. How, however, when you ready to shift gears and go here, I'm with you. Like, all right, right. we about to go to Mars. All right, we about to go to Jupiter. Right. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm rocking with you, man. But for you, for me and you, genuinely, I would love to talk about this type of stuff because um, there's a, a career goal at hand. Uh, people think that you're just doing this just to do this and, you know, whatever, that you're not trying to, like, be on a grand scale and do it for the major, uh, you know, corporations and in front of the bigger the bigger names on, a, on, a nat- an, on an international platform. Um, but the problem mm-hmm. that I have is uh, on my podcast – I try not to talk too much about the music industry, the inner workings of it, how it works, because nobody gives a fuck about that shit except for us crazy people who are trying to pursue the art world. <laughs> right. So it but becomes like a podcast it, for other artists that, like, what am I going to gain from that? Like, I don't want to talk too much about me, about 
the the business side of things because it's boring. It's fucking boring. Well, you know what? I can I can say this. One thing about that is it can be very boring. But what we do have now that we didn't always have is we have a influx of artists now like never before. Everybody want to be an artist. You know yeah. what I mean? Like some people look at it like it's the easiest thing to do, and they they don't understand. Well, it's not easy, but some of the people that aren't the best when it comes to being lyricists or just having any type of um, legit, you know, format to their game, it's like when they see people like that pop, it looks easy and it makes everybody say, I can do that. If right. That, right. But I, that I equate it. Isn't that hot and he's popping, okay, I can do that. Right. <laughs> But I so equate it to the game. yeah, I equate it to people who watch sports or watch the news. That these things have always existed. People have always had that egomaniacal, egotistical thing in their brain that goes, "I can do that shit," right? I'm saying, I'm not talking about just you know now. Um, that's always existed. You talk about like cats who spent their last uh, you know thousand uh, dollars to do a recording session. I mean, if you dig in vinyls, you know there's mad niggas that got records that didn't go nowhere. That you know they spent their last little life savings on to get that record out there. You know, so it's nothing new. The only difference is that it's so much more easier to. They have streaming platforms that pay a yearly fee. You can upload your shit. You can make a video on your phone. You can upload it to the thing, and instantly you could be in that. And in, in the you could you could be you could say I'm a rapper. And same thing with filmmaking. If someone wants to make a film on their phone, mm-hmm. you know, they could do it. Someone wants to say that I'm a. Com- it, it really fucked up the comedy game. Oh, I'm a comedian now. Uh, I make jokes right. and people laugh at my jokes. Now I'm a comedian. The fuck? You ain't been out on these... Gr- like, real right. comedians will say that. You ain't been out on these streets. You ain't been doing these shows. You know, so it's it's always been there. Everyone always thinks that they got it, but it's only a select few that actually has it. And it's kind of like you got to have this thing, and I was just talking to somebody earlier about this balance of like, okay... You have to know you're the illest nigga alive. You have to feel it. You have to genuinely know it, and you have to be um, judgmental of yourself. But at the same time, you can't say it to anybody on a, uh, unless you're talking it on a record, or they're gonna think you're crazy. And you right. kind of have to also, you know, kill your ego, even though you kind of know you have a high level of skill. You can't be walking around like I'm the illest. I'm the illest. Like you know, you can't go full oh, thug life. My favorite not. example is right. you can't go full thug life. You can't go full Pac. Pac was dope, but he was walking around like he was the dopest. But there were a lot right. of people who were just as dope as him, but didn't just they wasn't like out there talking crazy like that. You know? Yeah, yeah, that is the thing. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Um, I've actually watched a few artists that are dope. However there were some other artists that put in a whole lot more work from some of the same areas and they just did not pop like this new artist popped. So it could be a matter of connection, which is mainly the timing and connections for a lot of people that are really popping right now. Um, So, yeah, I, I, I definitely feel you on why you choose not to do the whole um, music talk but I do know that there's a freaking million people that they, they, they need it, they want it, they're looking for it. So you might find yourself in a position where you're trying to get away from it. Yeah. However, it's going to keep on, you're going to keep getting pushed in a corner to deliver it because you have the resources yeah. that they may not have. You know what I mean? Right. So you, 
you'll know you'll know the people to talk to. Yeah. And they'd be like, man, well, shoot, I needed to hear this information. <laughs> you know right. what I'm saying? Like, right. and it came through you. But, so you may not be able to totally get away away from it because it's a part of you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was talking about like a per capita thing. Like, I might be able to reach a million artists um, and give them some really great advice. But out of those million, you know, there's only probably one or even one and a half of those people, maybe like a second half of a group that would that would really like just blow up on a grand scale. And so we're talking yeah. about a miracle. There's like there's no there's no other way to put it. It's astronomical. You have to have you know. Are you do you believe in God? Are you a Christian? I believe in God wholeheartedly, man. Um, well, do you... I have learned I have learned some things about just what we call a Christian today, right? And it just makes me cringe now because it's like what what has happened in Christianity has hurt my heart to the core because that's been my life for since '93. Well, okay, well then... I've been hollering. Well, then you know exactly what I'm talking about because I don't want to. I could we could go off on that tangent, but I wanted to use this metaphor real quick, you know. And I'm sure you're familiar with it. You probably heard it if you say you you Christianity was your life for a long time. Are you familiar with the mustard seed faith? Yep, yep. And the thing that I always thought was interesting about that was the reason why they chose specifically the mustard seed was because at that time that was the smallest thing that they could think of, right? And so, yep. he, he, he now that we have advanced science, right, advanced agriculture, where we can molecularly uh, uh, modify a plant in a microscopic state, right, then we know that there is something that's that's even smaller than a mustard seed. And what they're saying is that's all the faith you need to be able to do to physically move mountains. Like they're talking about um, tele- telepathy or what do they call it? Telekinesis. They're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the ability to be able to manifest things with your mind, they may be saying it right. in a metaphoric state, but are they? That's what we keep saying. Is it allegory or is it literal? Is he saying that if you genuinely can uh, summon up the, um, enough faith of a mustard seed, you can move a mountain as, a, as like, a, like the mountains that, that face you? Or are they talking about you can physically actually move a mountain with your mind? We don't know. Right. How are we supposed to know right. about some shit that was written 2,000 years ago? So the problem I think is with these artists is that they don't have real, genuine faith. They can't even muster up an atom of faith. They don't believe. They don't really believe. They say that they believe because it's a nice thing to say. It's just something to do. And that's cool. But I believe that it's inevitable. That even if I die, that that my shit that I've been accumulating all my life is going to pay my kids and my kids' kids. And I know it. It's not even a question. But I can't say that to anyone. I just said it on a, on a on a podcast, but I can't really say that to anyone, bro. Yeah, you 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 will definitely meet resistance. Um, but when you know, I feel personally, that's the part that matters the most because you can tell somebody something that is an absolute fact to you. And they may not believe it, and it's false to them because they don't understand it, or get, or, or just have any kind of connection to what you're speaking, and they'll shut it down. But you, knowing, you can manifest that thing because you already got it in your heart. It's already in your spirit. It's already a part of you. When you open your mouth, it's going to be what it's supposed to be. Now, for me, 
there's some things that I didn't see manifest for a very, very, very long time. But it happened. It still, but it still my, happened though. in my mind. It did. It didn't. It took a long time, but it happened though. It still happened. Right. Right. Just not in the right. time so that you wanted it to happen. Somebody else could look at it and be like, you know, that wasn't long. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but for me, the minute that I thought about it, like the instant, here's a great example. Okay. We're in 2020. I have wanted a Lexus LS 460 since 2008. I did not get a Lexus 460 until 2019. 2008, though, the one that I wanted, the year that I wanted, I didn't get it until 2019. So you have, so it's 2019, I, and you have the 2008, right? Exactly. And you and said you were going to get it. In your mind, you knew you was going to get it, but it just didn't happen in 2008. Right, right. So, but here's what I understood through the whole thing. This okay. is the, 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 throughout all of that time, I really didn't believe that I could get it until one moment in my life where I said to myself, there's no way in the world I am going to go another day without having exactly what I want. So I'm going out to get it today. I literally felt that. Wow. Like I kind of felt like, yo, I didn't cheated myself all of this time, all of these years. And I wanted this one thing that, that is not difficult to get. So I'm going to go get it. So what I did was I remember calling my son and saying, I called him and I said, you know, I remember us having this conversation and you said you wanted to do something for me. But I'm not calling you to say, I want you to do this thing. I'm calling you to say that today is the day that I'm actually get ready to get out and go get what I want. Mm-hmm. Not that, I mean, I'm telling you this because I don't want to take anything away from what you said you wanted to do for me. Wow. And when I tell you I went out there, man, I got out there that day. I went to dealership, the dealership, the dealership got turned down at the first dealership. At the second dealership got turned down. At the third dealership I went to when I was like saying to myself, all right, I'm done. I'm not doing this today. I went. They had the LS on the lot. Hmm. It was terrible on the inside of it. And I'm like, well, man. And the guy basically was like, yeah, I can put you on this. And I'm looking at it like, it's the LS, but this thing is like terrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like I don't want one that bad that I'm going to get one that got the, the beat-up interior, and I wonder what else is beat up about this car. I don't want it that bad. So I'm starting to leave, and I say, I said to him, I said, do you have anything else? And at that moment, which I don't know why he didn't think about it in the first place, but he said, yeah, we got some more in the showroom. Wow. Oh, you got me on this hot lot but you won't take me to the showroom because I guess you didn't think that I was going to buy it today. Wow. So he took me in the showroom and I saw the car that I'm driving in now. And I'm like, why didn't you show me this? This is like exactly what I want. The interior, the color, the everything. Can I get this one? (laughs) Like, what's up? Is somebody coming back for this? Oh, you want this? Like, yeah, I want it today. Can I get, he's like, what's up? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So it was such a weird process, but it happened. And I was, I rolled out, you know, with it that day, and uh, I've been rocking it ever since. And now that I want a new car, now that I feel, once again, I got that same feeling, I can accomplish whatever I want to accomplish. It's it's just a thing of when you connect with it, nothing really can stop you. Like, now that I want a 2020, so in my mind, it's like, 
all right, well, they telling me that 2020 is going to cost me blah, 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 blah. So am I thinking I can't or am I believing that I can? My mm-hmm. mindset has changed. My perspective is different. I know I can get it now. Mm-hmm. I don't have to even see, okay, if I want a hundred something thousand dollar car, all I got to do is believe that I can afford it or believe that I can get it and just believe, period. And I'm going to have it. Well. You know, I think that, and I, and I like to think abstractly, like artistically. So I'm listening to your story, and I'm like, you know, all I can think of is it's just a giant, huge metaphor for just like everything that we want. There's a guy, right. a gatekeeper, that's saying that's that's trying to that's trying to show us the thing that we don't want, just so that they can get it get it out of uh, they can pass it on to us and 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 save it off for someone else. It's like you know, I look at the people. Uh, and the civil rights movement and all these people that were fighting for freedom and they're like, you know, there was these gatekeepers and they're like, well, I mean, we can't do this, but we could do this. And they go, yes, you can do this. And they go, well, maybe we can do this. <laughs> you know? Right. It's like, right. So all this time you could have did this. It's like, well, we just can't afford to, you know, the, the health care for the whole country. Um, but, you know, here's a twelve hundred dollar check. And it's the, and then it's the mentality of seeing that thing. Well, we can't. Like, I literally have to stop saying I can't do things, and that's what changes it. So it's so it's not so much of saying, hey, I want this car. Hey, I want this other material thing. Or all of these little things that I actually acquire, uh, to me, are faith-building steps. So right. if I can believe that I can get a particular car, then I can believe that I can get a, a particular thing right with my physical. Like, if I want to... If I want to gain more muscle, I got to believe, you know what, I can right. do this, let me go do it. Right. So it's just, to me, it's like connecting dots. One thing is going to help me build my faith for another thing. Yeah. Um, and then another thing, and another thing. Right. So I love to experience these things because it's, it, I, I believe it's the way that God works with me and through me, yeah. not just somebody else that may not take all of this or may take more. Yeah. You know, it's just, this is how he works with me. He may work with me with things because it, it was already put in me to like nice things. Yeah. So one friend might look at me and say, oh, man, I'm proud of him. He's, he's, he's acquiring the things that he wants. And then another friend might look at me and be like, oh, man, he always flexing. I think he's flexing all the time. Yep. You know what I mean? And it's like, it's just a mindset. It's like, well, am I flexing or am I actually exercising with desire? Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> exactly. If I if I feel like if I feel like living like we are already supposed to live, then what's wrong with that? You yeah. know what I mean? Like if we were kings and queens before, then this this stuff is in my lineage. So I'm not going to act a different way. I'm not going to keep on believing like a pauper, but I was meant to be a prince and, and grow into being a king. So it ain't never about. And it's all about, this is what God said to me. He said, yo, this is how I want you to live because that's a representation of who I am. I right. do big things. Right, right. Exactly. And that's the thing for me. It's like for a long time, because I'm from New Jersey and I grew up poor, I never understood this ATL mentality where people would live outside of their means to get the things that they want. But I get it. I get it. 
what you're saying. It's in our blood. It's in our DNA. We, we come from, from great kings, great uh, monuments, people who, you know, have, you know, lavish lives. And so, you know, we want that stuff. And for me, it's like I want it too, but I'm not willing to put myself in debt for it. But I want it. Um, but this is what I was talking about too with the with what you said about um, – but it's a, it's a test of faith. Like sometimes you just have to put you just have to put um, everything on the line to prove to people and yourself that hey, you just gotta have a little faith. Like one time, man, it it just it sounds so ridiculous. It almost sounds like I make it up. But every time that that I do something like extraordinary or put my faith like on the line, like hey, I'm gonna do something extreme just to prove to you that everything works out in the favor that you that it should if you believe that it should. And one time I gave somebody a twenty dollar bill. I only had a hundred dollars in my bank account, and I had went to a restaurant and I had you know paid for like maybe like forty dollars worth of food, and then I used so that's sixty dollars right there. I gave her a twenty dollar bill, right? I said, look. I have a $20 bill. I never have cash on me. But we've been talking for about... Because she, she and I have been talking for a long time. You there? Mm-hmm. She and I have been talking for about... Like at least an hour and a half. And then uh, we got to talking about faith. And I was like, look. I normally don't have cash on me. I, I rarely carry cash. But for some reason, I have a $20 bill on me. She's the waitress. I gave her the $20. I said, look. Get my Instagram. Inbox me. When that money comes back... I didn't say if, I didn't say, like, I said, when I get that $20 back, I'm going to show you, right? So, a couple weeks later, I'm at my job, and they're doing a random raffle. I'm talking about straight random. You get the ticket, you chicken it up in a hat. It's completely random, bro, right? Not even even two weeks after I had told her this. Um, They called my number on the raffle for a $50 gift card. Wow. Wow. So it's like I gave her twenty dollars. I got another twenty plus a ten uh, on top of it because I said, "Watch this." I took a picture of that shit, sent right. it to her, sent it to her inbox. She that she, right. I, don't, I don't know if if it impacted her the way it impacted me, but I always got that story. And I don't know if she tells that story, but I don't know is people just doing that all the time. You see what I'm saying? Hey man, listen, that is a way of life that connects you to higher and higher heights. I promise you that because. I remember holding on to a hundred dollar bill mm. and I was, and it was a season where I wasn't making any money. I just decided to get away from everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, being in this little space. Well, it wasn't a little space. One of my friends owns a home up in, um, the, um, DMV area. And he was like, bro, whenever you need to get away, just come. My spot is your spot. Come and pick whatever room you want, blah, blah, blah. So that's kind of like how it went down. I went up there. And I had $100 left to my name on that. Mm. And I refused to spend it because I was like, I'm going to need this for something and I'm not breaking it or I'm not using it until I literally need it. So I'm sitting there and I'm just studying and I'm, you know, doing my, you know, I'm just praying and talking to God like, yo, like, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then one day I heard, send this $100 bill to this man and woman. Mm. Mail it to them. Mm. A lot of people don't do no mailing of no money, right? Mm. So I write a letter, and I'm like, yo, I just heard God tell me to give y'all this $100. I don't know what for. I don't know if y'all doing good. I don't know if y'all doing bad. I don't know what the case is. All I know is that I'm hearing to do this, and this is where I'm sending it to you guys. Mm. I sent it to them. They received it in two, three days. 
and they hit me up on Facebook, and they were like, OMG, the money that you sent, there was a lady down the street from us that needed a bed, a mattress. They had a box frame, <laughs> and she had three kids. She needed a mattress, and the money that you sent was the money that it cost to get this mattress for her, and you sent it to us, and we went and got it, and we took it to her, and you should have seen them jumping around on that bit. They were so happy, right? Wow. So in the same week, I promise you, I did not go anywhere where I was out when I was up in that area. My boy left me his car every day, and he got a ride to work. He left me a dope BMW that he drives, right? <laughs> He's like, bro, whatever you need. And I would not go outside. I was in such a space where I'm like, I'm just trying to grow spiritually. I don't need nothing else right now. I don't want to be around nobody. Yep. I was so still. And the day that he asked me to go with him, he said, bro, can you, you, you know, you want to go to church with me? And I didn't want to say, bro, nah, man, I ain't <laughs> going to church. I was like, you know what? Let's go fellowship. I'm hanging with you. Right. We went to church. How about after church? I'm so overwhelmed that the church had a barbershop, a restaurant. Wow. All of this stuff was in the church. And I'm like, bro, let me go. Like, at the church, I was like, yo, show me around. Like, this is amazing to me. Like, they got their own community inside the church. This is dope. Mm. So he takes me to a barbershop. I wasn't going to get a haircut. He was like, I'm going to introduce you to my barber. We walk in the um, barbershop, and the barber looks at me and says, yo, ain't you that guy that used to be in that group, Platinum Souls? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, yeah, that's me. Wow. He said, yeah, Rick, you, you slow, right? I'm like, yeah. He said, man, I saw you some years ago in Houston. Y'all killed it, man. You still doing your thing? I said, yeah, I, I'm still doing my thing, but right now, you know, I'm not in the group anymore, and I'm just... I'm just in a space where I'm trying to figure out where God's going to send me next. But right now, I'm just chilling. Yeah. He was like, what? He said, hey, man, can you hand me that jacket over there? I handed him the jacket. He pulled the $100 bill out. He said, <laughs> wherever God's going to send you to, I want you to have this $100 along on the journey. Wow. <laughs> so, man, when I tell you I'm giving so much, I love giving, man. I'm taking... Some shoes out of the box, put them on my feet. Somebody complimented me, and I asked them what size they wear. They wear the same size. Bro, after this show, you can have these shoes. Damn, I've done that same yeah, thing, dog. When I used yeah, to do the homeless shelter shit, I had the flip-flops on, and the dude was like, I like them flip-flops. I said, you want them? And I walked around in the snow with, with my wet socks on until I got back home. Uh, <laughs> bro, I'm going to tell you, that, if anybody ever asked me, Yo, what's your superpower? My superpower is giving. I, right. I, I don't get, I do not get a greater feeling than giving. Giving is like my first go-to all right. the time. Right, my grandmother, before she believe, died, I'm sorry, go ahead. Uh-huh. No, 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 I was just, that's, that's always my go-to, man. Yeah. I, I, I love the feeling of seeing somebody else smile or yeah. meeting a need that somebody has. Yeah, you know what? My grandmother said 
Uh, I think it was like her 79th birthday. She just drove like from Florida all the way up to Jersey and back to Georgia. And on her way, you know, throughout her birthday, she just went, went up and down, passing out gifts to the kids and buying people things. Like she's just like, I spent my birthday giving people gifts. I didn't get really any gifts I just was giving gifts left and right and it was the most amazing birthday I ever had and and it goes back to that whole like you know um what Christianity was at its core before it started to become, you know, the politics and the pastor and the deacon and the and the and the and the head deaconess and the, and and the, and the and the and the the, the, how, the church fund and the and the uh, after like, before it became all of that, it was pretty much just right. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty much just a, a dude walking around with his homies, like literally homeless, like literally giving up everything that he had just just to just to shoot the shit. And like talk talk about the good news and shit. <laughs> and right, that's pretty right. much what hip hop is. Like you know, backpack rappers is. I mean, that's all they do. And you know, if you think about it, like you know, what's more hip hop than Jesus and the disciples? You know, the one that that you know that be spitting and all his homies, his entourage. It's like it's the most hip hop shit ever. Oh man, you broke up right after. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay, there you go. You just, man, you know, one thing I've noticed in all and a lot of interviews throughout the past, man, right when somebody says something that is so freaking profound, <laughs> the phone clicks out. <laughs> like, what, right did, what did I say? What, you, what did you hear last? Um, when you said, the last thing I heard you say was hip-hop. Yeah, I was just like, you know, if you look at hip-hop and you look at G- the story of Jesus and, the, and his disciples, like, what's more hip-hop than what he did? You know, walking around spitting bars at people. Just spitting bars at people. Mm-hmm. And with his yep, homies. That's right. That's what it was. Like, Jesus was yep, the first MC. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I love that. I love that, man. I definitely, I feel that all the way, man. I, I, I feel like at, at this this place and, and space in life that we need more strong individuals that understand why hip hop was created in the first place. Like we had nothing. Like 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 just speaking on the whole everything about Jesus was like I have come to meet a need. I'm gonna meet a need. And when people think Jesus, the first thing they think is Savior or they think saving. And it's like with, with, with hip-hop in the beginning, it literally was saving lives. Music, music in, it, in itself was always a medium to help somebody to grow, help somebody to get a better understanding, help somebody to, 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 to get that that therapy that they may have mm-hmm. needed. It's, Some stimulate it, it, it's the economy. Met a need. Stimulate the economy. It, create a new market. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we, I mean... We got to get back to that space. Now, now, I mean, it has become something like when, like you say, when you talk about Christianity and the politics coming in. The politics came into hip-hop. You know what I mean? Things started to change. It started to be about all about money. It, it, it wasn't about change anymore. It wasn't about um, let us help. It, it became, let's show the world how selfish we can be. And, that's, and I believe that that was a mastermind of somebody that understood the power of hip-hop. And they knew that if they can get a couple of fools to sell out, 
Let's pay them to sell out and, and change the whole culture from what it was. If we can get them to speak on things that are actually just nonsense, and we can get a whole generation hooked on the nonsense, when they hear the real hip hop, they're not even going to be able to relate to it, or they, they're not even going. They're going to reject it because it's going to be lame to them. So that's what we experienced. That whole, you know, you can hear. Somebody on top of the game right now, and they spitting absolutely nothing, you know. Like you ask, you ask some of the young kids now out here, yo, you, you, you like common, you like most death, you like, you know what I'm saying? We got some, we got some people like, you know, the, the J Cole. We got some Joyner Lucas. We got some people like that that's going to say something. Joyner Lucas, like the ones, the, the ones that are like the top, top, top that the kids know. These guys ain't saying nothing, man. Well, I'm going to say one thing, dude. Um, what I noticed, and I'm not going to call, I'm not going to pigeonhole you or box you in and say that you're one thing. But, I mean, you hang around with these hardcore Onyx dudes, like these rapper heads, like real, the real hip-hop. And what you notice also over the, overseas is that, that what you're talking about hasn't gone anywhere. It's very, very strong right. overseas. But what I wanted to say was, there's this thing... Where there's the Puritan hip hop heads, the boom bap, the, the 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 purists, and the people who say, well, the new age people ain't got nothing that saying anything of substance, anything, anything like you know like that. I get the whole narrative, I understand, but I'm telling you, like there are some future records that have surprised me. There are some, you know, YBN Corday records that surprised me. There are some, uh, um, Gucci Man records that have surprised me as far as substance and depth and humanity being expressed. And what I start to realize is that if we as a culture start to separate this from that, then we're just as bad as those people who go, oh, that's secular music and that's gospel music, or that's not of God, or that's the devil, or that's the, uh, that's, that's, you know, they always want to separate, but we're all one in the same. Mm -hmm. And I think that even if an artist is making something that is pure ratchet garbage, right? There's a purpose for mm-hmm. it. There's a time and a place for everything, Ecclesiastes. There's a place for it. I can appreciate what it exists for, why it exists in the realm that it exists. If you believe in uh, synergy, if you believe in uh, the universe working as one, universe, one song, then everything has its place and has its purpose. And and, and if, if hip-hop is at its core is as powerful as we say it is, then no, nothing can break that down. And you know that firsthand right. from looking at, at people from overseas and how strong they, they attach to people like Onyx and people like, you know, like Common and Most Deaf. They they embrace them because they know mm-hmm. that they, it doesn't matter if they're being played on the radio. Yep, yep. And man, you think about, even when I go back, like when I first started hearing so, I mean, I went through, man, I was there, I, I, I feel like, the, at the beginning, like, I was getting it all from, you know, one of the first artists that I heard was, um, was, um, Schoolie, Schoolie D. Ooh, Schoolie D. You know, yeah, and then, then you know, Run DMC, like, just kind of, like, getting started, and then LL came mm. behind them, and you had MC Shan, and you had Roxanne Shantae, like, like, all of the women during that time, like, they literally was nothing like the women that you're hearing right now. Nothing. 
like the women you're hearing now. Like, well, there you know, was there had, was some like, whap action going on. Um, don't be acting like yeah, they wasn't some, talking yeah, about some yeah. nasty shit, dog. Yeah, it was. But you got to think about the the top the people that was killing it. Like Queen Latifah was on top of the game, and people now know her as just an actress or a producer. Right. They don't know her as she was a spinner. Right. She had something to say. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I didn't realize so, how how influential Roxanne Shan- Shantae was. Roxanne, I didn't realize how influential she oh, was. Yeah. That shit where where at the yeah. end of the movie, like uh, Nas spit bars at her, like that shit's crazy, bro. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, Shantae was like, man, let me tell you, I don't like back in the day. I I used to listen to all of these records over and over, like from Shantae to UTFO to, I mean, even the records that didn't even have shoot, man. Tila Rock. I don't know if you remember Tila Rock. It was a song he had called It's Yours. I used to listen to this record over and over, not understanding that a lot of these records were actually shaping my life. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like, how would I become a big man of faith if I wasn't listening to a song called It's Yours over and over and over and over and over again? <laughs> you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you're reprogramming your brain. Was, if you keep like recycling the sound yeah. over and over again, and you hear this, your, your yeah. brain is like stripping it down and hearing like first you hear a, a bar you didn't hear, a melody you didn't hear, a little instrument you didn't notice the first time. You know, somebody might have bumped the mic you didn't even recognize it till like you listen to the tenth. You're stripping down the shit and you're reprogramming yourself. You're like you're changing your molecular structure by by recycling the audio over and over again. I would listen to exactly. a song on repeat for like 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 an hour. I, it's crazy, like a two minute song. It's like reprogramming. Yeah. It's like it's like you know when they, when, when they do the meditation and they go om om nom yorek yang yang. It's it's just like a rep- repetition to reprogram your brain and just reset. Like 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 how you got to turn the computer off and turn it back on. Like you're an autopilot when you're listening mm-hmm. to those songs over and over again. <laughs> yep, <laughs> yep, man. I so I so appreciate everything that I came up off of, man, because this was the stuff that changed my life, and then seeing my son being the way that they are and and literally catching a, a tweet from my son, uh, somebody else kind of posted, posted tweets. And one day, you know, he had a tweet that literally was the same exact thing that I said. And it, it was like, man, if it, he, he said if it wasn't for music, like, like music changed his life. And it was the same thing with me. Like it was the music that kept me out of trouble. Mm-hmm. It was the music that made me decide to not rob a person. <laughs> right. It was the music that, with all of the things that I, all the crazy thoughts that I had to do certain things, even during the time of my life where I just had suicidal tendencies over and over. And the only reason why I had these, well, not the only reason, but some of the reasons why I had these thoughts was because I kept getting in trouble. In school, over and over, I'm getting suspended for this. I'm thinking differently in a classroom where everybody else is being very submissive, and I'm looking at everything, and I'm reading, and I'm like, man, this can't be true. So I'm not passing this test because you want me to actually like, I mean, not like, but you actually want me to pick this answer that is actually a lie, and I'm going to actually give the right grade for lying and saying that this is absolutely true, and it's not. So why am I taking these tests? And why are y'all giving us this information? Like, I was that person. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like, something ain't right with these textbooks right now. Like, come on now. Like, 
and I'm speaking out, but I'm I'm the one that's the troublemaker because I'm speaking out and I'm saying to the class, like, come on, y'all, I know y'all, y'all gotta use, come on, use your brain. How is this true right now? Right, we talked about this before you know, on another podcast. Basically, there was a campaign of these like wealthy elite white women uh, called the Daughters of the Confederacy who would literally go into schools yeah. and rewrite all the books to make the stories, the slavery stories softer, the genocide softer. Wow, man. It's so... Okay, wait a minute. Hold on one second. I'm, I'm, I'm multitasking. I, I'm trying to get better at multitasking. Um, I'm, I've been so sorry with it for no. the past couple of years. <laughs> you know what I mean? But no, now it's like I'm, I'm really pushing myself to be great at it because right. I've, I've heard, and this is a theory, I've heard that only women are great at this. So <laughs> for me, I'm like, no, when I put my mind to something, and I'm focused on the things that I'm doing. I'm going to be great at everything that I put my mind to. Yeah. I'm not going. I'm not going to keep accepting. Oh no, we're only good at this, and we can't do that. And it's like, man, I'm stretching myself so much, even at this age in my life, where right. some people in this generation would say that's old, and I'm looking at it like, well, wait a minute. If we are looking back into and thinking about and speaking on anything biblical. You're talking about cats that was living 200 and 300 and 600 years. Yep. Yep. And we and we can get to one 109 if we get to one anything. Right. You know what I mean? But then when we get to one something, we're not we looking brittle like ridiculous. That. Yeah, we're going to have more technology. Guys, come on now. Back in, back in that time, the way they explain it, Tess was like 300 years old looking like a teenager. Yep. Yep. And um, that's why um, I, I call the show the Late Bloomer Podcast is because all the stuff you're talking about, like about about understanding like all the bullshit and, you know, mm-hmm. peeling back all the layers and um, understand and, and uh, understanding the importance of these early artists. I mean, I didn't hear um, uh, any cool Modi records until like two years ago. I didn't li- I didn't watch uh, Juice until uh, this year. So this whole entire uh, mm. podcast is based on. Wow, you said you didn't watch Juice until this year. Yeah. <laughs> so this whole entire podcast right. is pretty much based on the idea that um, all the stuff that you went through early on, the denial, the uh, the the realizing of the the foolishness that they're trying to the, the lies that they're trying to push on you, uh, being exposed to this hip hop and this rich culture, I. Did in the films that were associated with it and the music that was associated with it, I missed all of it. So that's why I, I started this show so I could like explore all that stuff. So it's great that I'm talking to you. I'd like for you definitely to come back and, and you know peep, you know drop me on some stuff, give me some assignments that I need to listen to. I listen to them shits and then we could talk about them. You know, <laughs> I mean I just what, heard man, Boogie like Down it. Productions like the album um uh with uh, Scott so Rock as a hoe. I just heard that shit like uh, a year and a half ago. Wow, wow. So I'm man. I'm I'm, I'm thirty two years old. That's but my history right there, man. Exactly. That's my history, history. I'm thirty two years old, thirty three, but okay. mentally as okay. far as like artistically, I'm probably ten, fifteen. Artistically. <laughs> that's why it's the late bloomer podcast. Man, that's 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 man, that's great to hear that though, man, because they're not you know, you gotta be a student of the game to do what you do. To, yeah. to learn what you learn and to go after what you're going after. That's a, that's a real student, man, because, like, matter of fact, I don't really know how, um, I don't know how 
I don't know um, JID Jig. I don't know Jig's age. Right. But when I li- when I've listened to him and listen to some of his references that he makes, mm-hmm. I know he's not over 32. Um, but the things that he talks about and the people that he references, he's talking about people from my era. You know what I mean? Right. And that's a student. Mm-hmm. And you don't have too many people that are great that aren't a student. Yep. You know what I'm saying? You, you, you just have to be, unless you just, know somebody either you know somebody and they're going to put you on because you're their uncle or you're their father or you're their uncle or their father's connected to the person that owns the company or somebody just got a whole lot of money or you just connected to a, a you know a hustler and just got like there's so many different reasons why so many people are on and don't have the knowledge that we have a thing you yeah. know what i'm saying right um, like here's the difference. Yeah, here's the thing about the Jid in a prime example. Alexa, play Ed, Ed, and Eddie by Jid. Here's Ed, Ed, and Eddie by Jid on Amazon Music. <laughs> hold on, one second. I didn't know there was a skit in the beginning, but hold on a second. Listen, listen, do you hear that? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You hear that? Yeah. Uh, scenario. Alexa, be quiet. So what you don't notice is that people that spend a lot of time in Atlanta, there's a lot of um, older hip-hop heads that have, like, all these hip-hop vinyls and records. <laughs> so the, the the idea that Jid is listening to Scenario by Tribe Called Quest and uh, Leaders of the New School, you know, and then they're sampling that, Iconic boom, 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 but slowing it down. Like, just that yeah. alone shows you what they're doing. And then listen to the song. Me and all my niggas be like, Eddie, Eddie, Eddie. It's a crew song, right? Okay, what is right. the scenario? It's a crew song. So it's just like he's referencing all that shit deliberately. And, and that's what we yep. do. What we do when we reference our own culture is that we keep our culture alive. It's like, you know, those literature snobs who, like, oh, this piece is very, you know, reminiscent of Mark Twain. And, and then he's, he's alluding to, they're, they're, they're referencing the literature culture. We do the same shit with hip-hop, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm, I, you know what? There's, a, there's been so many people that have complained, have made complaints about, you know, hip-hop and the state of it and where it is. You know, but when I think about it, we gonna be all right. I really, I, I, I don't believe that we're in a bad state at all because we do have some real hip hop heads out here. We it's do the have Renaissance. some real spitters out here. Like you, just really, you have to go look for them. You know, sometimes they're not right in your face. Like when you go into the gas station and you see all of the candy right in front of you, <laughs> it's like, oh, well, why is all the junk right in front of you? That's the world we live in. You know what I mean? Like. If you gotta, if you're going to go get something healthy, you literally got to go to a different type of store, or you got to go all over the store to go find it. Right. It's the same thing with our music right now. You right. have to go find it. You don't. Yeah. But once you get into that space of getting it, it's easier then. But if you if you don't put yourself in a space where you at least taking some steps to get some good music, 
ain't going down. You're going to complain. You're going to be like, hey, ain't no great. Ain't no this out there. Ain't no that out there. Man, I listen to some people that I have to stop myself from listening to because they're that dope. And I don't want them to influence me. But you know what I mean? Like, and I know how it is. I, I got an artist right now. I yeah. say his name, bro. I promise you, you start listening to him, you will not be able to help but to adapt to some of his and, and, and pick up on some of his cadences. What's his name? Shut him out. dude named R.J. Payne. R.J. Payne? I, I think R.J. Payne is the new freaking Big Al because he looks just like Big Al. <laughs> Shut up, R.J. Payne. Ever. And they want to, if they, they better not, if they do a Big Al movie, which I don't know why nobody in New York has never thought to do a Big Al movie, if they ever do a Big Al movie and they don't cast R.J. Payne in it, they have lost their minds. <laughs> he, he, he is the perfect person, got the perfect look. And got the perfect freaking flow to to be with that man. Like you know, what I'm saying he's a man. This dude is a beast, man. Right, but you know, and I and I and I think people stray away from saying words like perfect. <laughs> but I, I put him on a high pedestal, man, because when you have listened to hip hop from the beginning, right? You know what I mean. You know what's dope, and you know what's kind of mediocre, and you know what. In the, mid, in the middle, yeah. this dude is top tier, man. Like, and that's the thing. Can, like, um, there's stuff that's popular. Like, Eminem, you put Eminem, you put Pharaoh, you put you can you can put anybody in the lineup, and this dude is going to come out still on top, man. He's right. freaking beastly. Yeah, and say what you want about Eminem. He's he's preserving that with Shade Forty Five and with Griselda mm-hmm. and all them niggas. Like mm-hmm. he's he's preserving that shit. Um. I mean, they just dropped the locks, I believe, and Sheik Luch is, like, snapping on everything I heard. Like, what I'm saying is, like, we're going to be okay, bro. Like, niggas is 40 years oh, old yeah. putting out oh, records, yeah. like, you know, and, and collaborating with, like, you know, younger cats. Like, we're, we're, we'll be straight, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely, man. It's, I feel great about it, man. And, and this is, this it's is exciting. kind of like it's a, a great time to be alive. This is shameless, shameless plug right here. Okay. But, my my homeboy Mike Haynes, he's a legendary artist that that was a part of Death Squad. He created a shirt that I just found out that I was a part of this this t shirt man that he got called Underground Hip Hop Royalty. It got Griselda's name on it. It has my name on it. It I mean it got it has Rockness Monster from freaking Helter Skelter. Like it got names of people that I grown up listening to that I'm like yo these are some elite MCs <laughs> and to, and for my name to be put in it just made me feel like you know what this t-shirt is everything <laughs> you know what I'm saying like it's, it's a t-shirt but it's like I need one you know of them what? shirts recognize man I promise you mine is coming in the mail I'm still waiting for that joint uh <laughs> I, I, I'm a, I'll tag you in this guy's um, Instagram yeah, so you can um, check it out. But yeah, it's, it's dope, man. It's so dope. So we definitely going to be all right. We're going to be better than okay. Yeah. And I'm going to do everything that I can do in my in my power and my days left, man, to, to, to just put some excellence out there, man. Yeah. Um, Let's do it. It, yeah. it, it, it. It's just. You know, it's past time of just sitting there. It's just like what's happening in black America right now. You got a lot of people talking, and then you got a lot of people doing. I'm a part of the do a, do a group. 
I'm not just going to keep on watching and 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 lay down if somebody runs up on me and they got a badge and they wrong. If you're wrong, you're wrong, man. You're not going to get me to submit to something that is wrong. Right. And I wanted to, and I, and I had I'm a metaphor not, on my mind too that I, I wanted to say before I forgot. What you said about um, we having to look for the good artists and having to look for the to, for the healthy food and having to look for the justice. Um, when you know, back in the day, I, I equated to like, if, where are you from? I'm from Baltimore. Okay, so you know when you're in Baltimore in the hood and you go to the corner store, right? You know, just like how you go to the grocery store, you walk in, the produce is on the right side. If you walk into the bodega or grocery store or some kind of like corner store, the first thing they got in the front is the cakes, the potato chips, right? The the cigarellos, right? All the candy, Mm -hmm. right? As soon as you're in the front Mm -hmm. of the thing, right? And then the sodas. Everything is right there in front of you, right? These people are putting that shit in front of you, right? And if you wanted to, inside of a ghetto grocery store, find the good food, you got to like go deep into the grocery store, find it, and it's probably going to be expired because nobody might be buying that shit because they put it in the deepest, darkest part of the fucking shit. You can't just get like a, a, a candy bar. But the point I'm making right. is that these uh, people who set it up so that we see the things that they want us to see are, are kind of losing power. These are the record labels. These are the big corporations. And, you know, small business, independent businesses, independent everything is pretty much taking over all this shit. So with, with the Internet, you can have niche markets where you can you can get everything that you like in all. You, if you like uh, vegan food, you can eat uh, vegan food, listen to vegan rap, watch vegan movies. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You can, you can, you can customize the way that you, your entertainment and your life. You know, you can get vegan bumper stickers. You can get vegan sneakers. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, and I think the same thing applies to just how we consume art now. It's like we can make, we can build a, build a brand. We can build our own network, you know? And then there's 10 other people who built mm-hmm. it the same way and we all just powwow, you know? So that, that's where it's going, bro. That's right. That's right. That's what it is, man. I think, Many of us just have to get into a space where we're not afraid to do things. Yeah, that's why I was saying we got to get these like, black businesses popping. We got we got to stop, you know, make a black-owned beauty supply store. I was saying this shit, like the shit that's been working forever. We're always trying to find the next big thing. That's how we get freedom. That's how we get justice. That's how we get equality. Is economic. Yeah economic empowerment and really taking those risks like fuck it man you only got what you i'm 30 something i might got 30 years if i if i stay healthy i might got another 30 but i gotta take that risk man i might it might take me 10 years to recover but i gotta take that risk bro yeah that's it that's it right there that's 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 the mindset right there that's exactly where i am in this age i don't let nobody tell me that i'm old i don't allow myself to you know that I'm that I'm old, you know. Um, I, I understand the the mentality of a lot of, of of us. You know what I mean. But if you look in hip hop, you have anybody at any age say that if somebody is forty something, fifty, you'll have the generation saying all that. Oh, you know what I'm saying. Period. But if you look at, if you look at another culture. And you take you take uh, the rock industry or country industry, and there's people that are in the country industry that are still popping at seventy years old, and yep. still performing yep. at seventy years old, and you never hear any of their people say, "Oh, such and such is old." Right. 
And here's the yeah, thing. No, that we're getting away from that now, and I appreciate that. Because now you'll see Method Man pop up on a Travis Scott record or some crazy shit like that, you know? Right, right. So it's going right. away a little bit. Like, people are starting to respect the OGs. But yeah, for a while, for a long time, it was, man, fuck these old niggas. <laughs> right, right, yeah. It, I mean, but it's like, man, if the, if the cast of old didn't pave the way, then we wouldn't have what we have today. Oh, that's a bar. You, you said you was saying? rhyming. You didn't mean to rhyme. Oh, that's man, a sick shit. flow right there. Oh, man. Let, let, let me write that down real quick. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, 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 it's the truth, man. But I'm going to tell, tell you my theory as to why I think these younger rappers don't uh, respect the elders, right? Because we, um, you know, the breaking down of the family structure, it, 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 it breaks away our um, reverence. For elders, the elders, the elders, and where they stand in the family structure. Yeah. And so this whole hip hop shit is a family, bro. And so when you see the elders, yeah. you gotta uplift the elders and make sure that they eating right. There's no reason why KRS One gotta be doing shows like this. Nigga should be in a corporate office chilling. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like that's how it should yeah. be. There should be yeah, like social man. security yeah. for artists to to transition to different. Mediums instead of having to rap till they fucking die. Yeah, yeah, man. I'm. Well, I tell you, man. I just, I just, I respect, I respect, and not because I'm a specific age. It's just because I literally know if they didn't do what they did, just we wouldn't have what we had. You right. know what I'm saying? Right. So I just, I'm a, ever be like grateful. I'm forever be grateful because even with my brothers coming up. They didn't stay. They didn't stay in hip hop, but they were the ones that introduced me to it. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like they were DJs. They taught me how to DJ. Right. So I went from from being a DJ to an MC. If I didn't know DJ DJing, I wouldn't have know. I wouldn't know timing and production. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, and it's crazy because I've been working a lot, and my son. He'd be watching me, mm-hmm. and he's rapping. He's only five years old, mm-hmm. and he'd be going in the microphone. It's like it's a tradition, bro. It's tradition, and and we gotta learn how to keep those traditions moving. And, and the elders are playing play a very important role in that. Like you said, your, your your people's passed down that that equipment to you. They passed down that knowledge on how to cut and how to do what you did. Right, like man, listen, this because this, this blows my mind yeah. a lot when I look at where my oldest son is today and I look at where my youngest son is going, it's like, had I not taken them with me when I had shows and didn't have a babysitter, where would they be at right now? You know what I'm saying? Like, I literally just found out um, last week that my, my oldest boy had sold over 22 million singles. Um, he sold over two, three million albums. You know what I'm saying? Like, crazy. This is stuff. This is things from like if I wouldn't have taken the path that I took, or if I wasn't introduced to it, or if I just didn't follow my dream. He would not have had anything to connect with in life. Right. You know what I'm right. saying? It's like, not about winning. It's not so, about getting to that goal. It's about the fact that you did some shit, you know? Right, 
Right, and I may not have been like the ultimate success in doing what I was doing, but it still was something that was a seed to them. You know what I mean? Because I'm impressed now when I see his team. I'm overwhelmed. I'm impressed. I'm grateful. I'm thankful. I'm everything. Right. When I look at my youngest, man, he did a, we did a song together. And um, I, I, I listened back to his verse, and I'm sitting there like, why did my boy just body me on the track like that? <laughs> but then I think about it, and I'm like, you know what? My, my kid's supposed to be better than I am. Yeah, you know what I'm evolution. saying? It's supposed to be. It's basic evolution. Of you is a better version. You yeah. know what I'm saying? The, the remix version of you has should always be better. Yep. Who's going to put a remix out and it ain't hotter than the footage? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Did so why would God allow his, uh... you to have, have a, a part of you come into this world and, and, and not be better than you? Mm. Then you ain't doing That's your job. That's kind of backwards. If they ain't better than you, then you ain't doing your job. Man, see, man, I get, you know, I get a little upset when I think about how the world changes because when you look at some, some cars, a lot of the cars are more advanced. But when you, when, you, when you do the research, a lot of the parts that they use of old are stronger than the parts that they use today. Mm. And one of the things that really fucks a car up nowadays is too much technology interfering with all the components because you want the, the, the dashboard to tell you every fucking thing that goes wrong with the car. And now it makes it more complicated. It's the old school way that makes life easier. <laughs> right. Right. And yeah, you're right. Like Man, those listen, old parts we, that have existed think, forever, they haven't changed. The alternated, like the basic shit, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Man, listen, at the end of the day, I look at it like everything that we have flowing around us is is really needed. From every positive thing to every negative thing that's happening, when your perspective is, is, is just postured a certain way, you understand that there's a need for all this stuff. Now, some things I, we both would agree that it's just, just ridiculous, but <laughs> if it's going to provoke change and if it's going to make things better, then there's a reason for it. Yep. You know what I mean? But if it remains the same, then, then we got a real problem. But I believe that some of these things that are happening are happening so it will provoke another level of change. Like yesterday, so last week a friend of mine had an incident that was totally ridiculous, especially from when he, what we're seeing and everybody else is seeing that this is the same just ridiculous racist stuff going on and on. He he's staying at a really nice resort that his job put him in. So he's been there for weeks. So there's a guy, there's a white guy that saw him putting something in his car. White guy calls the police and says that he was stealing something from his car. Wow. So he's like, Well wait a minute And he starts recording them. He's like like bro like why would I have a reason to steal something from you when I'm putting my own stuff into my own car? Would you think I don't belong around here? Hmm. That's what the thing is. I can't afford to be at this hotel. It's basically, or this resort is what you're saying to me, or you just don't like the fact that I'm black and I'm here. Hmm. So, same crazy situation yesterday. We on a shoot, 
property was rented, blah, 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 nice cars everywhere. Every Pretty much every black person that was out there was suited up. Wasn't nobody in no street clothes. Everybody had freaking suits on. So if you're thinking that these people are a threat and they're walking around here in suits and everybody's driving cars that cost over $100,000 pretty much, why would you call the police and say that we're doing something wrong? unless you just don't want us around or you don't like the way that power looks of all of us being together. And you're this one person that got this issue with these people that are not causing any kind of ruckus, no kind of problem. We're just going out business. You called the police, man. Police rolled up. And what was the reason? What was the excuse for calling them? We weren't trespassing. None of that. But he just felt it in his whatever life. I don't want to see these black people at this, at this airport, so I'm going to make up something right now and get them removed from the property. Right. And you know, here's the thing. I I um, I um know that it's fucked up, the mentality that this guy has, the one that said this thing. But what we don't realize is that he was programmed to make people comfortable, and, if, and he has to yep. play to their racism mm-hmm. in order for him to survive. Yep. So if everyone around, if, if there's 10 people that are saying they're looking crazy and acting uncomfortable because of a black man, they're all, they've all been uh, hive-minded, preconditioned to think that this guy is a threat, and he has, to com- he has to comply with their fear, regardless of if it's irrational. So it's like, it's hard to, to be mad at the cop every time, because sometimes the cop has to do what he has to do to calm the people around. It's like, it's so, it's like a mindfuck. Mm-hmm. It is, and we keep we keep falling into it and being non-confrontational in these situations. (laughs) It just will constantly happen and happen and happen and happen and happen and happen and happen. It's like, all right, enough. And and I see some people take, like Baltimore, people from Baltimore are different. If something crazy happens with a cop in Baltimore at this point, they're no longer the same. Like, Unfortunately, it has gotten to this level, but guarantee you, you're not going to keep finding the same thing happening there because what they're doing is they're taking cops out. They're finding that they're shooting back or they're mm. burning the city down or they just found this lieutenant did. Like, is it, is it like if some people so racist, is, is, is that what they want? Or, like, what? what is it really? Like, what are they really going for? Because they can't just have the United States to themselves without taking care of us and saying, all right, we don't want y'all here, but we're going to make sure we give all of y'all this amount of money so y'all can move somewhere else. Well, how about y'all just move? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, let's figure out something versus making things worse so the whole world is, you know, the whole U.S. is destroyed. Yeah. It's it's really crazy, man. It's really crazy. And, you know, um, you think that ha- during a pandemic, the whole world is shaken up. Like, literally, the whole world is screaming Black Lives Matter. You think, like, okay, if the mm-hmm. world is on yep. our side, we can't lose now. This is about to get popping. And all of a sudden, pop, 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 pop. Jacob, seven in his back. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? This shit just happened. Mm-hmm. They burned down the fucking Wendy's. Niggas was going crazy. And you still bop, 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 bop in front of some kids, bro? Like, what do we have to do to let you see? Like, chill, fam. 
If he's right, running away, right. let him run away. How far is he going to get? You got a whole squadron. You can call the the, the, the dirty bird, chop up in the air, find his dude. Like, what? what's him running away going to do to you? Where he going to go to Mexico, mm-hmm. nigga? It just doesn't make any sense. Right. It don't. It don't, man. And, and I feel like I, I love seeing the support. I love it. Like, when I ride past a home in Atlanta or yeah. some, you know, um, rich area, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, a wealthy area, and on that lawn they got Black Lives Matter. It's a beautiful thing to see because you know that they're showing that they care. And they're like, isolating themselves from their community they because they probably make themselves an awkward situation when they go to like the little cocktail party. Yeah, that, that's true. That's true because a lot of them really don't care yeah. and they're on that All Lives Matter, yeah. you know, um, but the ones that stand out and do things like that, man, it's such a beautiful thing. Like, it makes me just want to knock on that door and just say thank you. Yeah, it's true. You know what I mean? Because yeah. they don't. They don't have to do they it. Don't. They're not doing it for clout. They don't They're doing it because they know change. Change needs to happen. Yep. Yep. Damn. Well, I could, I could talk to you all day, bro. I think that we're just not getting on 73 minutes, almost 80 minutes. And, uh, uh, hey man, we can do it again, bro. This, uh, you just keep, I'll stay in touch with you. You stay in touch with me. Um, and we can keep it, keep it rolling, man. And next time we do it, um, yeah. I'll, I'll have time. You'll have time. I can promote. You can promote. Let's just keep it flowing, man. I believe in what you're doing. Thank um, you, I'm loving everything that I see you do. I, I love the consistency. Thank you. Um, it, 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 what you're doing is not in vain, man. And the more you're doing, the better you get. So, Bro, it, it's great. Like, I know to you're that, saying man. that, but I'll be feeling like it's a waste of time because these algorithms, they just don't make any sense, bro. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the thing. But then you got people on the sideline that, like me, that says, yo, you, you're inspiring because you, you don't stop. You're not caring if the algorithm is flowing. And you're getting, you're doing it because it's coming out of your heart. It's coming from your soul. So for me, it's like, bro, I commend you, and you got my support. You know what I'm saying? Um, and and let's see what other great things we can do together, man. Yeah, man. You know, We've been talking about it for at least five month. years. So shit. Yeah, we've been talking about it for at least five years. Oh yeah. It's all good. We're coming together. We just took the step. We took a first step today. <laughs> Bless. Hey, uh, can you tell the people yeah. what you're working on, what you got going on, so we can, like, you know, plug it? All right. So, right now, I am in the stages of completing three projects. So, I'm working on a mixtape that I can't give you the name of it right now. And there's a reason why. And once it's done, and you see the name, then you'll be like, oh, that's why you held that back. Um, so I can't tell you the name of the mixtape, but it's going to be a mixtape coming first. Free music? The EP is coming. The, um, the EP is coming. I said the mixtape should be finished September, mid-September. It'll be out. Okay. Um, a single will follow after the mixtape, which will be a single that I have with the artist Leon Timbo. Okay. Incredible soul artist, man. This dude is actually... He was signed under Tyrese, I believe, for a while. But Leon Timbo, okay. L-E-O-N-T-I-M-B-O, one of the dopest singers I know, man. He's 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 a soul artist for real. Like, Leon Timbo, shout him out. Soul, yeah. yeah, Leon Timbo is a, a real soul artist, man. 
Um, so we have a single coming out called Every Day I Fight. Okay. Um, produced by uh, produced by a producer up in um, Baltimore, my hometown. His name is Ojiz. Um, Ojiz, man, that's a, that's a story we had to talk about how that whole situation came about. So we got right. the mixtape first. Then we have the um, the single dropping after that, Every Day I Fight with Leon Timbo. And then there may be an EP after that, and I'm going to wait for the album to next year. Okay. Um, so, yeah, man, I'm working on Six three projects right now. My, yeah, my boy Trey Banks, um, he's from the DMV. He, he's producing a lot of tracks for me. Um, we, we got some things going, okay. man. I, I'm really trying. I got, I got some records with my son. My, um, one, I got one record with Black coming out called Trouble. Nice. I might release that this year. I might. I'm just. I just gotta watch how things are going. Like if things flow the way that I'm expecting them to flow, then yeah. I may let that record go this year. Um, Why I got not? Some man? Dreams about that particular song. Like I'm trying to get an artist on a remix that. I don't even want to say her name right now, okay. but I'm gonna keep you up. <laughs> I would keep you up to speed on it. Yeah, I, I can. Only thing I can give you, a, I can give you like a, a, I can give you a hint. She just dropped the album, and that's all I'm gonna say. Um, mm, Brandy. Oh, uh, oh <laughs> boy, you didn't got it right away. <laughs> Actually, have right. a homie, look, I uh, Sharon. Look, I can't even hide that from you, man. I guess we must be really connected because you can say a whole lot of people's names. I didn't mean to but say yeah, that, bro. See, I didn't mean to say that. But let me tell you I something. Sharad, my homie, let me tell you how connected we are, bro. Like, my homie Sharad yeah, wrote man. a song on that album. Hello? Hello? Man, I don't know how we got disconnected. That's all right. I was gonna because uh, somebody called my phone and I don't take no company. This is a company phone and they're trying to leave me voicemails and talk to me about business stuff on a Sunday night. Like I don't do that, bro. I don't do that. But I was saying like you know the world is very 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 small, dude. And um, you talk about you about to be working with and the person I'm not gonna say that. I can bleep it out if you want me to. But uh, a dude I named Sharad that I went to high school with that we worked that um, he let me do a remix one of his joints. He wrote on that album too. He wrote that uh, borderline joint, Shrod, um, A Rod. Oh shit! Yeah, so it looks like we lost flow right at the time because we was about to give some exclusive information out about some records that was dropping with Black and with some other people, and we can't be talking about that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, maybe I'll you know maybe I'll like bleep it out or something. I don't know. Anyway. Thank y'all for uh, choosing the Late Bloomer podcast. And uh, how about this? How about uh, since it's Sunday, let's uh, let's drop a little bit of uh, scripture on on that. Day. We've been talking about like timing, and um, I was listening to this song from this artist, A.E. the Cool, 
Um, and uh, it really does. It's very relevant and poignant for the time. There's a time for everything, man. It's a time to fight. It's a time to kill. It's a time to laugh. It's a time to cry. And um, we're just like, God is just working on his time. And once we let go of our ego and realize that we got nothing to do with this, when the time comes, you'll know. So I'm going to leave y'all with that. Alexa, say Ecclesiastes 1 through 8, verse 3. Alexa, say Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 8. Sorry, I'm not sure about that. Alexa, what is Ecclesiastes 3? According to Wikipedia, Ecclesiastes 3 is the third chapter of the book of Ecclesiastes in the Hebrew Bible or the Old Testament of the Christian Bible. The book contains philosophical speeches by a character called Kohelet, composed probably between 5th to 2nd century BC. Peshitta, Targum, and Talmud attribute the authorship of the book to King Solomon. Just so you know, I can help if you ever misplace your phone. Try asking me to call your phone. Alexa, recite Ecclesiastes 3. Ecclesiastes with God's wisdom can be yours free when you start an Audible Premium Plus 30-day trial. Oh, man, they try to sell me the Bible. Oh, man. All right, let me go ahead and find the verse there since they want to sell me the Bible. Dang, that's messed up, bro. Okay, okay, I'm going to have to do it manually. Oh, my goodness. Alexa, be quiet. Trying to sell me the Bible. Alexa, Alexa, shut up. Ecclesiastes 3. One through eight. Okay, I like to read the King James Version, but today I'm going to be reading, yeah, the King James Version. Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 10. King James To everything there is a season, and a time to every purpose under the heaven. A time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, and a time to pluck up that which is planted, which is planted. A time to kill, and a time to heal. A time to break down, and a time to build up. A time to weep, a time to laugh. A time to mourn, a time to dance, shake that boy. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones. A time to embrace, a time to refrain from embracing. A time to get, a time to lose, a time to keep, a time to cast away. A time to rend, a time to sow. A time to keep silence. And a time to speak. A time to love. And a time to hate. A time of war. And a time of peace. Peace out. Another one in the bag. Keeping it all.
Broken hand.